and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. Yes, Santa Claus has come down the chimney. He's dropped <laughs> off all his gifts. And one of his gifts is just a little late. It's a post-Christmas, pre-New Year's edition of the show. I'm joined as usual by the brains trust of Mike Carlson. Say hello, Mike. Hey, hello, Mike. And John Buff. Uh, hello, everybody. Good morning. Yes, indeed. So Wednesday, the 29th of December. Uh, I'm telling you that because obviously things can change so quickly in this NFL world. We just heard last night about Carson Wentz. So we will discuss that a little bit um, and we'll talk about all the live games. But Mike, I'm going to fire over to you first. Obviously, the news broke last night that John Madden, a Super Bowl winning NFL coach and later, of course, a legendary sports broadcaster and, of course, the man. Uh, who many people of my age will uh, know as, of course, the voice of the video game as well, which spread NFL across the world, has sadly passed away at the ripe old age of 85. Um, a huge loss uh, to NFL and the game and the wider world. Yeah, you know, if Madden had been opening the show and you'd gone and done that Santa Claus shtick, you know, it would have been, yeah, well, let's take a look. You know, that big old Santa Claus coming down, just squeezing down and boom, he's down there at the tree, you know. Um, he was, he was, uh, one of those few people who is iconic. You might, you might say in three different ways, which you just enumerated, but, you know, as a coach, he still has the best winning percentage of any coach with more than a hundred wins in NFL history. And like Vince Lombardi and Bill Walsh, he only coached 10 years in the NFL. And, you know, he, he got signed of got, he got out, got out at the young, ripe young age of 42 at a point where most coaches are just becoming head head coaches. And his success with the Raiders was huge simply because he could say no to Al Davis, who, you know, who was the Oakland Raiders and who controlled it and tried to build the team in his image. Madden took over basically as a young assistant coach, not even a coordinator promoted up to head coach and just said, no, we're going to do this my way because that's why you hired. And Davis had to give in. Eventually those Raiders won a Super Bowl and, and Madden a year later retired and then became a broadcaster. And really the prototype of modern broadcasters. Um, he revi- he changed completely the way NFL games were done because he was both smart. Uh, he could he would analyze from a coach's pers- perspective, but he never talked in NFL jargon like lots of people now who don't know any better do because they want to try to prove they know football inside out. He didn't have to prove anything to anybody. So he just talked the way he wanted to talk. And it was very clear um, to audiences and, and it built audiences. I think he was a key figure in the NFL's popularity in Britain, especially in the, in the 80s when you know people got to see his games um, via British TV. And then finally, EA Sports and, and Madden, you know, he, he was more than just the voice because it took them years to get him to agree to the format of the game until it was like he liked it. Um, and... Uh, you know, and and for many people, I think they know more about football from Mad, the Madden game than anything else. Uh, and it was for a long time the, the most popular video game of all, um, and certainly the most popular sp- uh, sports game. And and then he was also ubiquitous as a pitchman. The guy would sell almost anything. Um, I watched a Miller Lite commercial where they have a tournament, a golf tournament, and he's the the commentator at the golf tournament. And Roddy Dangerfield comes along and wins it with what's a mini mini golf shot it's great um a huge loss at 80 at 85 he and my film professor who's also 85 were best friends because they met on the trains going cross country before madden had the madden cruiser because neither of them would fly um and she said to me he was both one of the most curious people and 
the most intelligent people she'd ever met. And I never saw any reason to contradict that. Yeah, a great loss to the game. Um, yes, sad news, of course, breaking, but we, we, we will look at the games um, that are coming up this week. And, well, there are, there are some really strong games on live TV and elsewhere. Um, Chiefs at Bengals, Cardinals at Cowboys, Vikings at Packers, Browns at Steelers are the games we're going to concentrate on. Um, we do just want to talk a little bit about what happened uh, over the course of the weekend. Um Two sort of main things. We'll, we'll talk about the Bengals when we roll around to their game. Uh, the Patriots, Mike, um, well, it's slightly fallen off the bandwagon. John, actually, I'll go to you on this a little bit. Uh, how do you think the Patriots played the weekend? This comes off the back of, uh, you know, they, um, they were on a long roll and we said that they were entering to a, a kind of a, an area where you know, we were really going to find out how good they were. Uh, they've lost to the Colts. They've now lost to the Bills. Uh, Mike, actually, as as our resident patriot, let's uh, let's fire it back to you. Actually, um, as I know you love talking about <laughs> Bill, <the> boys. <laughs> it's okay, John. <laughs> you can take another another two minutes off. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I'll tell you now. I texted a, a Patriots fan, and you know they can they can be a little bit hot headed. And I said, like, it's very disappointing to see the Patriots not being able to make a, a single stop here when it really matters. And he texted yes. back, you know, he said, "Oh no, they 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 stopped. They 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 intercepted him on a fourth down in the first quarter, I believe, and they stopped the two point conversion." I said, "Yep." Yeah, after that, they scored on nearly every drive. Um, the Bills had their way with them. They were yeah. Uh, that that's that's the that's the main point you take away that the bills never had to punt and that's the first time that's ever happened in a game bill belichick coached um and that that to me stands out among everything else they the game plan is to control josh allen to keep him in the pocket make him be they couldn't do that um patriots fans can point to a couple of moments a couple of bad calls that hurt them at key moments most notably the one where mac jones gets pushed and then pulled out of bounds and, and they pick up they threw the flag but picked it picked it up uh which was then followed by one of the patriots trent brown drawing and getting a unsportsmanlike penalty um the other the other key one though that got me was was a, an offside on, on barmore the, the nose tackle because mitch morse who's the center on what did one of these yeah the, le- the neck lift yeah yeah it's an interesting and, and, one and that to me was, was, you know, it's not just the guys who point just before the snap, you know, and lift their arms and, and people have sort of agreed not to, not to uh, do, to uh, jump on that. But, but that was, that was clearly um, drawing a team offside and, and should have been fight. But that's the, the biggest thing for the Patriots was JC Jackson dropping an interception when it was 26, 21 on, and on first down, they could have in, in Bill's territory. And that was where you realize the game was never going to go their way. Um, you know, they, they can be outplayed and still win. That's part of the, the mystique of the Bill Belichick area. But when, when that interception was dropped, you realized it, it certainly was the Bill's day. Um, and that returns seven of the eight divisions back to normality. If normality is what we all said, <laughs> what we all said, uh, what was going to happen when we did it at the beginning of the season, um, you know, seven of the eight teams that we said would win divisions are now leading those divisions and four, four yeah. of them, uh, three of them in the NFC and one in the AFC have clinched. 
Yeah, so they, they, we spoke about this, sorry, uh, to our listeners before we came on air. You have heard during our season preview and then our mid-season preview that I have followed us in on all our divisions with a fiver that was returning about €580. Euro. At the moment, the only one that is not is uh, the one that we're going to talk about at the moment, which is the um, which is in the AFC, which is uh, Bengals, Browns, Ravens, etc. We went for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who were well in control. To say that Bet has been a bit of a roller coaster uh, is an understatement. Obviously, we did go for KC, who looked out of it one stage. We went for the Bills, who the Patriots were uh, hammering, and of course we went for the LA Rams, who at one stage the Arizona Cardinals were way ahead. So it's it's been very much up and down. John, uh, you've been quiet mainly due to some issues, but uh, <laughs> some internet issues, I should technical, say. Yeah, technical, yeah, let's clarify technical that issues, not, not psychological ones. Um, let me let me start with you with this, and you can go with it wherever you want. Actually. Oh, thank you, Kieran. KC are now seven to two to win the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers four to one, thirteen to two about Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eight to one the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys nine to one, the Rams are nine to one, the Tennessee Titans are sixteen to one. As Mike said, the Patriots now suck; they're sixteen to one. Mm-hmm. The Colts are sixteen to one, and it's eighteen's bar. AFC KC six to four to win it now. The Bills seven to two. The Patriots seven to one. NFC conference winner. The Packers are now favored to win the NFC at fifteen to eight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three to one. It's nine to two. Bar. What stands out for you there? The Dolphins are charging towards the playoffs. The Patriots have took a step back. Green Bay are now top of the NFC in terms yeah. of the betting. It's all coming down. What, what what do you see there in those prices that you like? Well, I mean, yeah, I think. There's a few, you know, this is a, it's kind of a what have you done for me lately kind of situation really, isn't it? Like, I mean, there is there a team on a better hot streak than the Dolphins uh, at the moment? Uh, but like, that's the, the first team uh, in NFL history to have won seven and lost seven in a row in the same, in the same season, which is just a remarkable statistic, I think. And uh, again, we talk about momentum, we talk about form quite a lot on this show. And I'd rather be in a, in a team like Miami's position than, for example, uh, several other teams. Baltimore being one, they, we, we talked about them. They were the, I think Mike was kind of alluding to it, I believe that they were the team we picked to win the AFC North, if, unless I'm very much mistaken. That is the one that's going to yeah. let us down, yeah. And so, like, well, the AFC North is just a very, very strange division at the moment. It's hard to tell whether all the teams in that division are kind of competitive and good or like, you know, above the average mark, at least anyway, or all the teams are sort of below average. It's, it's hard to say because from Baltimore's perspective, they're, I think they're two and five now in their last seven. They've got a worse record in the last half of the season than Detroit do, which is, you know, when you put it in terms like that, it's, it's quite strange to hear. But um, I suppose from the AFC North's perspective, well, from the AFC as a whole, I guess, um, I think, you know, you kind of alluded to it there as well, Kieran. It was everybody was kind of hot on Kansas City for good cause. They had two consecutive Super Bowls, won one of them, arguably the best quarterback in the league, and a, a range of offensive weapons for him. And like we've talked about before as well, they completely retooled the offensive line after kind of what happened in, in last year's Super Bowl when when the Bucks were able to get to Mahomes kind of whenever they wanted to. So. Uh, I guess we were surprised how they, they they didn't really hit the ground running, but they certainly have lately. So, I mean, from the AFC's perspective, it's hard to look beyond them. I, I guess the, the team I'm kind of curious about at the moment is Cincinnati, particularly given how they how they performed last weekend. And, uh, you know, it's in the well, AFC. I'm gonna, hold on there now, hold on, hold on there now. Are John. we getting ahead of ourselves here? We're a little ahead of ourselves. I, I'll put a pin in it. I'm going to come to you first for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, okay. Well, I guess just to just, just to drop, just to you drop know, the ball off there, I suppose there. So yeah, Kansas City, I think, from the AFC, and I think you were talking about a little NFC stuff as well. I'm still going to stick to my my Green Bay Packers pick. I think they're the the most complete unit. Although they weren't fantastic against the Browns, they were still a pretty good team, and and it was a good win for them, I suppose too. 
Yeah, I uh, well, actually, uh, quickly on, on the Packers, Mike, I, I, I read an article that said one of the reasons that, that they're not as popular is that they've beaten two teams now that were COVID hit really by this, you know, seat of their pants, you know, skin of the teeth type stuff. So they're not putting teams away. And when you don't put teams away in the NFL, uh, it can bite you. And, and the Packers aren't. That's true. Um, and they depend completely on Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, he's got to be on his game, basically. Um, the def- he can't, They can't afford to turn the ball over a couple of times uh, to a defense. And their defense, it, it's a different story for them when they're healthy. When Kenny Clark was in, you could see the difference this, this past week um, after his, his being out the week before. Um, you can see Rodgers almost consciously trying to get MVS and uh, Lazard involved in the passing game instead of only throwing to Dante Adam, uh, uh, Devonte Adams and, and Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Um, they missed not having Tanyan obviously as a tight end, but the story of this season really is how well you cope with masses of injuries and yeah. COVID problems. And, and, you know, we're, we're at the point now where it stops being an excuse and you just, you know, it is what it is and you, and you have to cope with it. And, and, you know, John was talking about the, the AFC North. That's, that's been the story of the season. I think in the AFC North is certainly Baltimore and Cleveland have both been crippled um, by injuries. Um, and, uh, and the, <laughs> the Steelers is, you know, it's when Ben Roethlisberger's battery runs out. Sometimes midway through last year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they can't re- they can't recharge him on the sidelines. Um, uh, so, but- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I don't know when you want to talk about it, but there is an interesting scenario if if the Chiefs beat the Bengals this week, you know, where whereby uh, they could all wind up nine and eight, <clears throat> the Steelers. <laughs> could could conceivably mess that up, you know, um, because they have the tie game there. But but um, because the the Bengals don't hold the tie break over Cleveland and they play in the last game, then that could be a um, a win for the Browns. Could get them in at nine nine to eight, depending on what the other the other teams do. Whereas uh, the Bengals hold the tie break over both Baltimore and Pittsburgh because they beat them both twice, uh, which it hadn't happened in I think twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go to that game. That's the first game we're going to talk about. Uh, two quick points. Uh, once again, uh, over the course of the weekend, bet twenty pound worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL. I get a five pound free bet. See the bet first sports book for all the details on that. I do want to tell everyone about how we did last week because once again, you know, he came up trumps over here. That's right. Week 16, <laughs> best bets. I'm pointing at myself, people, for those of you listening, not watching. Uh, I went for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who uh, did exactly what I said they would do, which is smash the Carolina Panthers. I think the handicap was 10. They won by 20-something. Um, John went for over in the Saints game. Yeah, good one, John. <laughs> um, that did not God, click. I blame Ian Book. That's what I was <laughs> Uh, you see, if you Google him, one of the things is obviously I, I had to Google him uh, because I forgot that he was uh, I, he was at Notre Dame. I, I kind of knew that. I'm pretty sure from yeah. watching them Sky show those games a lot. Um, but like the first thing that comes up is he hit a cheerleader in the face with a ball uh, during his time. Yeah, that's like one of the first things about him. You're saying up. he has got a good arm. That, He's got a good aim was, when he that wants was a foot, it. it was a football, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, he did. Yes. Mike, it's Christmas, for God's sake. Um, and Mike, you went for under. Uh, the Undertaker went for under in the Minnesota game because it was in a dome. 
um, yeah. which we never actually explained what you meant by that. Um, but yeah, that was a loser as well. So I'm the only one this, this week. Yeah, and I I, it looked like that might work out for a while, but then Minnesota made a kind of last last gasp um, <laughs> offensive assault <laughs> and we missed out. So. So we've mentioned it so much times. The Chiefs head to the Bengals um, and this uh, AFC North. Um, Entering this week, the AFC North is the only division in the NFL where all four teams still have a chance of winning the division title. The Bengals have the best odds, statistically 73.2% is where they stand. And it's worth chatting just or just mentioning, uh, of course, Mr. Joe Burrow. He's had 13 uh, passing touchdowns this year, 30-plus yards. Nobody has had more in a single season. And he's recorded a grade of 85-plus in five games this season. No other QB QB has more than three such games. Uh, We've mentioned him a lot, uh, John, over the course of, well, really since he came in from his college days because he was such a superstar in college. And I had a little bit of a boy crush on him. Um, And he's starting to show why we, well, thought he would be amazing. Yeah, he's looking very much like a number one pick, isn't he? There's there's kind of no disputing that at this stage. And uh, I, I guess we were, I got a little uh, into it earlier, but yeah, he's fundamentally, he's the best quarterback in the AFC North. That's uh, certainly on form. Uh, a lot of that is because Mayfield hasn't been good. Lamar Jackson hasn't been good. And well, Ben is Ben is kind of what Ben is, I suppose, at this stage of his career. Um, but Burrow is- A Super Bowl you know, winner. Yeah, <laughs> at some point, at some point. Um, yeah, but it's Burrow's looking fantastic. But you know what separates the, the Bengals uh, from the other teams in that division, from my perspective at least, is that the the players around him, or at least the skill position players around him, are playing to a high standard. Also, he's got two one thousand yard receivers in, in Higgins and Chase. They've both been playing very very well. Joe Mixon has got a thousand yards on the season so far as well this year. And as, as you mentioned it here and there, it's like Burrow. I think he's, he's got over he's got about four thousand two hundred yards so far, thirty touchdowns, I believe, something like that. And and um, I think, you know, to have all of those pieces working so fundamentally well, it kind of just shows that the why Cincinnati are the best team in that division. And it's such a change from, from last year as well. It just goes to show how quickly these things can can switch on their head because, you know, for the last three years or whatever it's been, the, the Bengals have been absolutely the worst team in that division. So credit to the coaching staff there for turning, turning it all around. But also credit to Joe Burrow for being the person who's authored that change. Uh, and he's been fantastic. Uh, are we going to talk about? Are we going into? Yeah. The so now? here we go. Kansas City Chiefs four to nine. Cincinnati Bengals nine to five. It is five point five at the moment. Is the uh, spread, and we expect a high scoring game. Forty nine point five. So for all the talk about how good the Bengals are, uh, Kansas City are the five point five favorites and four to nine to win it. Um, so John. I said yeah, I think go first. Mike was kind of talking about it there, the the sort of equations that can go into into the last couple of weeks in, in the AFC North to see who's gonna who's gonna win that division. I think the smart money should obviously be on Cincinnati, but this is a this is a tough game heading to the Chiefs, who are, you know, like we said, they've they struggled a little bit at the start of the season, but since then, since what is it about week five or six onwards, they've been pretty, pretty damn good. Um eleven and four now at this stage of the season and looking for all the world, like they're heading straight to another AFC Championship game once again. Um, this will be the this is a, one of those gut check games for Cincinnati and particularly for Burrow. We've just talked him up, or I've just really, really talked him up. But this is the sort of game where you're can you can expect a lot of points to be put on the board. It's the sort of game as Mahomes. You know, if if you look back to the Chiefs games against the Chargers this year, when he's kind of put up against another young quarterback who's kind of who's you know who's playing well 
and uh, it seems to be they just kind of trade touchdowns back and forth. The two, two games against the Chargers so far this year, it combined 62 and 54 points. And I'm kind of thinking the same will happen this time around. Um, if we're looking at money line, it's probably not the most attractive bet in the world, but I would suspect that Kansas City are going to win this game. Uh, some of that is perhaps my, my hope that the AFC North kind of goes down to the wire just to see, because I just think that will make some tremendously entertaining television. Um, but, you know, this is... It's, and coincidentally is, leave the Browns in with exactly chance. exactly I wasn't going to say <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> but, but this Strange is how that know, worked this is as high stakes a game as there is so this weekend as far as I'm concerned you know the Chiefs are looking for the top seed in the AFC mm-hmm. Bengals are looking to, to win the division and become what well, I guess they'd be the fourth seed in the AFC if they did that or third or fourth seed something like that um so I think just looking at the betting lines on this one again I, I do favor the Chiefs to win but I also think that the 49 and a half point total uh, looks quite attractive I'd be definitely hitting the over on this particular one I think this could well be a points fest as they say uh, of course you can hit the Chiefs and over that bet is available and it's yeah. one of those ones that, so maybe look at that Casey on the money line and over on the points um, yeah, I, I thought five and a half is pretty generous actually um for the Bengals who could keep, could keep it close. Although if, if you're thinking over, if you're thinking shootout, then the five and a half really becomes not enough um, to take the Bengals and the points uh, because shootouts do tend, you know, the, the bigger the score gets, the wider the margin can be in the end. I, what, what not many people are talking about is how solid the Bengals defense is, you know, and, and, they really rebuilt the last couple of years and Hendrickson has been a great signing mm. from the saints. He's, you know, they've, they've sort of let him go more than the saints do. And he's, he's put a Ogunjabi is from the Browns was yeah. a really good pickup and Hilton from the, from the Steelers was a really good pickup. So they're solid defensively. And I think that's going to be the most interesting matchup um, as to what they can do in terms of controlling the chiefs offense, which is controllable. You know um, the chargers are, not a great defensive team by any means. And Cincinnati's certainly a better one. And, and that three receiver combo that they have is going to put some pressure on the Kansas city defense. You know, I, I just think this is, a, it's a playoff game basically, um, you know, two weeks bef- in the second week before the end of the season. Exactly. And one thing to, to caution on this one as well, Kelsey missed the last game through COVID issues. I assume he'll be back, but you know, that's definitely worth checking before you, uh, you hit the over on this one. Yeah, the NFL, like uh, Boris Johnson, has decided um, five days is enough time now to <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> it, that's um, if, he, if he's not showing any symptoms, I don't really know right. what his, his particular case is. Uh, in the end, though, Mike, who you see coming out on top? Uh, it's really hard one to do to do on Wednesday. Um, straight up, I straight up, I think that I would to still take the Chiefs, but by Friday when I start doing this again for the. We can't, really <laughs> well, we'll see, we'll see. we can't really take too much stuff from the last Chiefs couple of games, can we? Uh, because, I mean, specifically, you should say, the Steelers just didn't bother to turn up. Um, so, so it's hard to really see how good they were, uh, to be honest. Do we, think, do we think we can take anything from last week's game, other than Steelers don't look great and have given up? Um, I'll, I'll go with sure. the Steelers don't look great. That's kind of the thing that, the thing that <laughs> yeah. makes me happy anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think they, yeah, <clears throat> that was a good example of, of the Steelers really just can't put enough offense together um, to keep up with a team like like Kansas City. Now, what did Kansas City get? 36 in that game? Yeah. Um, and they're going to be facing a better offense. So 
Uh, 28-21. I backed the over in that game, actually, and I was like starting to worry about it because basically Steelers were not scoring. And they kicked a field goal when they were like way down. Yeah. Anyway. So what, what we're talking about is a 20 is is something better than a 28-21 game in terms of the over mm. um in this one. Uh now check your weather reports for Cincinnati, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I didn't know it was a snow game in Seattle. I, that, that, so I, I backed the over yeah, in that. Uh, yeah, I'm not games. sure Seattle knew it was a snow game in Seattle uh, until game time. I backed, I backed the over in, in the in the Steelers game and I backed the over in the Seattle Seahawks game. And then red zone cut to like the opening kickoff and I saw it was snowing in Seattle and I was very worried but they actually did cover <laughs> in the end and um, let's concentrate on the uh, 925 game Arizona Cardinals head to the Dallas Cowboys 95 about the Cardinals Dallas Cowboys 4 to 9 5 points is the spread 51.5 yes 51.5 is the over under everybody who's listened this year will know that I am now a huge Dallas Cowboys fan having absolutely hated them last year um, and for reasons uh, which are very easily explained when that they are 12 and three against the spread and are top of the table. That's right. 12 of their 15 games they have covered. And as we know, good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> um, Arizona are on a downward trend. They were very much around uh, the top of the spreads, but they are now nine and six and are just losing momentum, Mike, at a Poor time to be losing momentum and heading into the Cowboys. Nine to five, as I said, Cardinals, four to nine Cowboys, five points is a spread. As mentioned, it's big. 51.5, yeah. the over-under. What do you think? I'd go under, I and I think I agree with you. The Cowboys can cover this one. Um, the Arizona is 10 and five, not nine and six. Uh, uh, sorry, but that's in the spreads, the one oh, that and I spreads. care about. Sorry, excuse, excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, the bottom has fallen out of Arizona offensively uh, for, you know, for whatever reason. And and this is what happened last year to them as well. Um, maybe Kyler Murray's a bit hurt, you know, maybe teams have, have decided he doesn't have the, the weapons, you know, concentrate on Kyler Murray, let, let the rest uh, sort of fall by the wayside, but defensively they haven't been that good in the last couple of weeks either after being very, very good in that run, that run was that 10 wins came because of their defense more than their offense. So I don't think they're a shootout team anymore, to be to be honest. And and Dallas's defense is good enough to stop this game from being a shootout. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are offensively as good as people, as the kind of glamour, uh, you know, skill <laughs> position players. Um, I think their best skill position player is probably Tony Pollard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he, he still shares time. Um, but, but they're good enough to win this game to cover. And I would, I'm, personally aiming at the over yeah sorry the under in this one uh just on that you know the dallas cowboys are now nine to one to win the super bowl they are one two three they're like not a bad favorites. outside not a bad outside bet as everyone concentrates on tampa and and yeah. um and green well, bay you know one of the things uh john i'll come to you one of the things you mentioned of course is that this idea that a team could go pretty much covid free uh to a degree and, and in the playoffs and get through and Dallas are one of those teams that haven't really had many issues with, with COVID, had injuries, but they've had injuries yeah. for years. Every team has injuries, but they've managed to escape the COVID stuff so far. So far, so good from that perspective. There's actually kind of two lines of thinking on that, Kieran. One is if you can, I mean, the best case scenario, obviously, would be to avoid any sort of COVID infection within the camp whatsoever. That's what every team will be, will be sort of aiming for. But the other thing is, if you sort of around this part of the season, if you get your COVID infections out of the way, and it's kind of strange to 
to say, but you'll actually get to, you'll get to that point where you you can't be tested again if once they recover you get herd like, immunity in the squad. You, know, you get like I don't I don't know how long the time is, but you get a grace period where you're not going to be tested again. I think, and it's you know Aaron Rodgers is still on his post COVID infection. He's not getting tested at the moment because he's got that sort of perceived immunity from it. So if you're in the next like couple of weeks, if there's a COVID outbreak and you make the playoffs and you can kind of sustain your team, you should be that's also sort of a weird competitive advantage, like a blind spot that's sort of built into the, into the guidelines at the moment. But yeah, I think uh, from the Cowboys perspective, well, actually I'm going to talk about Arizona for a second, because what they remind me at the moment is, do you remember how the Steelers kind of finished last season? Like they got Steelers got to 11 and 0 last year without, you know, they were probably the worst 11 and 0 team or the worst unbeaten team two thirds of the way through a season that we've seen in the NFL for, for quite a while. And you know, Arizona, I'm not going to say they're bad by any stretch, but they're they've been bad lately. Um, Mike was kind of talking about it there. It's they're not a, they're not a high powered offense anymore. They probably miss you know when you lose players like DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to be that's going to be a big loss. But that's translating onto the scoreboard and onto the onto the onto the field of play as well. They're, at the moment, they're you know going through the last I think it's the last four or five games. They're they're bottom five for points scored in the entire league, which just doesn't seem like the team that we were watching for the first you know batch of the season. But I think this game as well might be hampered slightly. Both of these teams are, are in the playoffs already, so there's not a huge amount on the line here beyond placements and seeds and things like that. So I do think it could be one of those games where both teams uh, maybe subconsciously take the foot off the gas just a little bit. Um, so that's kind of why I'm thinking. I agree with, you know, if this was a, if this was a playoff game itself, I'd absolutely be on board with what Mike was saying and that the, the Cowboys should be able to kind of ease past them. But because of the unique kind of parameters in this, I'm more thinking that the Cardinals can keep it close. That's why I like them with the, the five points. Okay. Um, one more game just before we, we, we'll take Sunday night football. There's no Thursday night game. Obviously, that's why we're not speaking about it. One game I, I, I want maybe, Mike, how you think Raiders at Colts is now going to go? I've just, the, the handicap has changed. Obviously, it's 6.5. 23 to 10, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Indianapolis Colts are 1 to 3. The news last night, Carson Wentz, who is unvaccinated. We do know that. Somehow we know medical records of players. <laughs> um, but we know Carson Wentz personal, is unvaccinated. It's a personal decision, he said, for him. Yes, him it's a personal decision. But it doesn't it's a pers- affect anybody that he might run into if he does catch it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 let's put it this way because of that, he is will miss the weekend he could actually miss the last two weeks of the season because it's 10 days i believe um the new protocols haven't come in he's an unvaccinated player which means it's different than a vaccinated player yeah uh, and it's at a disastrous time for the colts who are right in a battle to be you know seated in the afc or have to go through wildcard weekend or miss out this is not the time to lose the qb no, and you know they they end the season at Jacksonville, so theoretically at least they would have a shot at beating Jacksonville with Erlinger or whoever else is winds up playing quarterback. There were lots of stories that they were approaching Philip Rivers to to come back out of retirement, you know, for. Uh, um, I'm not sure you can get the babysitters in time. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Erlinger is is um, is nominally the backup, but but uh, we haven't really seen much of him. And uh, Wentz, they, they won against New England with Wentz only throwing the ball well, a, 
a bit, you know, a little bit. And, and they won last week with Wentz throwing the ball more and more effectively. Um, and in both games, Taylor was basically, you know, 20, 23 carries, I think four yards a carry, except in New England, he had the 67 yard run at the end of the game. But basically that's what they want to do is, is just try to control the ball, um, play good defense. Um, I think defensively they could hold the Raiders down, but I'm not sure what, what happens offensively and, and turnover points become a, a real factor in this uh, when you have any in book moving, you know, uh, um, a guy who hasn't played all year moving in as your reserve quarterback. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the Raiders straight up, but I think six and a half is probably worth taking them. Yeah, because I've seen, I mean, I saw last night that some of the American sports books were saying that the line was three. Um, and I was looking at our line and saying, well, it's, it's not. So <laughs> I'm not really sure where. And our lines and the American lines tend to be quite similar, to be honest, um, especially because most sports books would take the line from Vegas, who immediately send it out after sun on Sunday night. They immediately send out next week's lines and most sports books here in Europe would look at it and then say, right, well, we might fiddle at one or two bits if uh, depending on how our bets are usually took, but it's pretty close. Um, so to see such a difference, interesting. That is one to watch out for Sunday, uh, listeners, the Raiders Colts, just to see exactly what goes off and who is at centre for the Colts. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, the big finish is uh, some of the later games. Uh, that's Sunday night football and Monday night football. Sunday night football, if you can stay up, should be an absolute cracker. Minnesota Vikings the Green Bay Packers, always a good game. 23 to 10 about the Minnesota Vikings. The Green Bay Packers are 1 to 3. 6.5 is the current spread. And the over-under is 47 point. Five. Right, Mike, uh, yeah, it's a case of what have you done for me lately? Uh, because Green Bay didn't cover against the Browns. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's always the, the temptation here to, to think that the Packers, having clinched their division, you know, might take things a little less seriously um, than, than they need to. But I think in real terms, if any team, if there's any team in the NFC that would really want home field advantage through, through the, the playoffs, it would be Green Bay. Um, Lambeau remains a difficult place to go in, you know, and win. Um, and so, so winning this game should be important to them. Uh, I don't have any doubt that they will win it. The, the Vikings, however, are a team that can keep games close on you. Um, they have a penchant for uh, losing games by, you know, four points or less. So, so the fact that um, the fact that they're getting six and a half, maybe, maybe suggest that you might want to take them with the points. Um, but uh, I'd certainly take Green Bay straight up in, in this one. Uh, and over under, well, the Vikings, they managed to, hold, you know, they managed to clear the over with the Rams last week. Um, they still do have the potential to, to, to make a few things happen. Um, I don't think Adam Thielen will be back. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously they want to use him, but but he lasted about a quarter um, yeah, yeah, against yeah. the Rams, you know, which which was the great matchup, Thielen and Cooper Cup of the, how do we put it in NFL terms, sneaky fast receivers. <laughs> um, Is that how we put it? <laughs> that's, I think, how, I think that's how we refer to I think they say that about me at five aside. Yeah, and, um, and so, so six and a half with the Vikings, probably. Packers straight up, probably over under, probably over. I would probably I would go um, again, the Packers, check the weather in Green Bay. 
But the Packers have a tendency to go over. They went over against the Ravens. Yeah. They went over against the Browns last week. Um, I'm trying to think the week before. They, they've definitely been an over team. I, I think it's noticeable because there's not that many teams you can say, hey, you know, at the start of the year, you'd be like, all the Kansas games will go over and all the Seattle games will go over and all the Green Bay Packer games will go over. Well, actually, as it turns out, most of the KC games don't go over anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly a lot of teams that you look at immediately. Denver Broncos, uh, under uh, very popular Jacksonville Jags games, a lot of them have gone under. Eagles, Jets, Giants, under, under, under. You know, so it's there's been a change as we've mentioned a few times. There's only a couple of teams you can rely on to go over, and, and Green Bay in general are one of those. Um, the Cleveland Browns take on uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, in what will be a, a, a really, really good Monday Night Football, especially if Kansas City beat the Cincinnati Bengals and say the Ravens beat the Rams. Um, now the Ravens are 3.5 underdogs against the LA Rams, but if they can pull that one out, it would be even more interesting for Monday Night Football as the Cleveland Browns take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 6-10, to 10, of course, about the Cleveland Browns. I don't know why I said, of course, 11-8 the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, three points is the spread over under 41. Uh, technical issues have affected John Balfour once again. Mike, we'll start with you and hopefully we'll get John's opinion on that. Technical too. issues have affected the Browns as well. This is an interesting one. Um because even though even though the Browns on paper are a better team than the Steelers, they're they're a, they're a team with a lot of injury worries and, and missing players and players not at full at at full strength. And the Steelers are a team that can make life very difficult for you offensively if your offense, you know, is is kind of um shaky so um i kind of like the idea of the steelers as spoilers here if the browns if the browns win and if the Bengals lose then this goes down with the browns in in a chance there there is a weird scenario whereby the nine seven and one steelers (laughs) could could pass a nine and eight team and get into the playoffs, but they need to win both their last games. Um, so they'll, they'll be playing, they'll definitely be playing hard and fired up. Um, I'm, I'm actually weirdly looking at the 41 and thinking this is a game that could stay under 41. Um, in which case, and John's back, we'll see if he agree with, if he agrees with that. Um, but, if it stays under 41, the Steelers plus three is not a bad, uh, a bad look. I don't think um, 3.5 would be a lot nicer, but there you go. Well, I'll, I'll inform the traders. Uh, John, we're speaking about the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, six to 10 Browns, uh, Steelers 11 to eight, three points is spread over under 41. Um, have you heard anything about these Cleveland Browns? Do you know these guys well? <laughs> one, or, one or two <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. They're the team with the uh, broken quarterback, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, the a rabbit pushing a trolley, I believe, is there. For the receivers? <laughs> no, is, <laughs> yeah, is their logo? Oh, that's true, actually. It does kind of look like that. I saw that going around on Twitter. Um, yeah, the Browns are... Yeah, they're not fantastic at the minute. There's a lot of, well, I mean, they're, they're a team with a the good, there's plenty of teams in the league with good, you know, one or the other, a good good offense or a good defense, but there's few, very few teams that have both, and the Browns certainly aren't one of them. The, this year, we've talked about it, the defense is, is playing uh, to a much higher standard than the offense is, and it was the 
kind of the inverse of that for the last two or three seasons in a row, which is kind of strange to see that it's canceled to get it all going together at the same time. Um, but at this, you know, this it's a Browns team who could, I think I said this in one of our WhatsApp groups here, and it's very strange that at this point of the season, the Cleveland Browns are, you know, significantly worse you know, on the field than they were this time last year, but they've got a significantly better chance of winning the division, which is just a strange and, and the wrinkle of football and how it all, how it all plays out. Do, uh, you know, and it's also as well that the, you know, if they weren't playing the Steelers, I know it's away from home and things like that. If they weren't playing the Steelers, I wouldn't think there's much of a chance, but I just think this Pittsburgh team are so beatable at the moment, particularly in a division rivalry game like this, that the brands, while they shouldn't, you know, legitimately have hope, they do uh, of actually being a playoff team and even being the fourth seed, like you were talking earlier on, Kieran. It is possible for them to win the entire thing. Um, with, and with all that said, I think they're, you know, the brands have lost two in a row. They're, you can say what you will about the inexperienced coaching staff and some of the strange play calls, which and they certainly have been, and as well as some of the, you know, they just don't really have any wide receivers to of note this year, which has really hampered the game. It just it seems like an accomplishment when they complete a pass rather than, you know, hoping for a, a, a good pass or a good yards after catch. Well, yeah, you, you see teams taking Jarvis Landry out of the game basically. Yeah, and he should like. Just, I do like Landry, and he's a, he's a solid receiver and things like this, but he's not. He shouldn't be the focal point of a team's offense. Like no. he's not a he's not a wide receiver one. He's a great. He's a very good leader. He's good and he's you know he's good to have around. And like you say, he he does come up well. If he's not you know being marked by the other team's number one cornerback, he's a much more potent weapon than he is uh, has been displaying this year. Um, but yeah, to get to the pick on this one, I just think maybe it's a little bit of bias coming in here. But I think the Steelers team is very beatable even on the road. And given how the Browns, I know they lost them earlier this year, but you know the at the tail end, pretty much this time last year, they they beat Pittsburgh two games in a row, one at home and then then away in the playoffs. So I think you know they can certainly win this one. And uh, you know I've noted that the um, the Browns. I've said this for the last several weeks that I'm just kind of by reflex hitting the under on the Browns games. This one, I'm actually going to go, uh, I think the over under is 41. I'm actually going to go the over on this particular one. Um, uh, but it w- I don't think it'll be by much. I think this the points total will end up being somewhere in the kind of the 46 ish mark. If I'm, if, if my, if my guess is correct. Uh, but I do, I do fancy the Browns to win this one. And, you know, my, it might be by less than a touchdown, but I think the over will be where the, uh, the smart money goes on this. Excellent. Thanks for that, guys. I'll give you a little chance to think about your best bets. Well, I remind everyone uh, to bet £20 worth of multiples or bet billers on the NFL, and you'll get yourself a £5 free bet. Uh, to the best bets, as um, well, I'm on a huge roll, but look, I barely mentioned it on the show, so I'll, I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not that guy to just mention how well I'm doing. Um, uh, and, and and look, at this time of year, you got to go with a hot hand and who's top the spreads. They're the team that I've probably picked a number of times. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're at home. They uh, yeah. have, you know, destroyed Washington um, at the, on Monday night football. It was Monday night football. The days all roll into one at this stage. Uh, but uh, they just look a better side at the moment than the Arizona Cardinals. Five points. It's it's under a toddy. I really thought it'd be more than a toddy. So I'm gonna go Dallas Cowboys beat Arizona Cardinals by more than five points. Hopefully it stays as five points as well. Because then if that crazy thing happens that it's a five, it'll be a push. And then technically I didn't lose. Um, let's see who will I go to next. Mike still has his head down in his books. John, you're smiling, so I'll go to you. John. <laughs> well, I always like going at least second because that means that Mike doesn't steal my best bet as he's done on roughly six episodes of the show this season. <laughs> so. 
this week, you know, it's I could go. Um, one of the ones I was looking at was the the Vikings Packers game, and I'm also looking at the the Cardinals Cowboys game as well. But we've kind of covered those a little bit on the show. And this week, though, I like the um, I don't know. This one just sticks out to me. Uh, I'm looking at the Atlanta and Buffalo game, and I don't, you know, Buffalo are one of those teams that. They've been impressive. They're, you know, they're they're certainly a playoff team, no doubt about it. But I still don't think that they're the the complete article. So I like Atlanta to stay within fourteen and a half points of them this weekend. I think that's a the reasonable thing to to pick. That's pretty funny because that actually that was very very close to being mine as well. That, <laughs> I'm not turn, turnabout is fair play, I suppose, because that was going to be mine. Excellent. <laughs> it just it did stick out a little bit as being a lot because uh, and I'm not funny, but like. The Falcons are okay. You know, like if it was the Jacksonville Jags or the Jets or something like that, you can kind of be like, yeah. But like the Falcons have a good QB. They have a couple of good weapons. They can score. Um, yeah, that's a good one, John. Uh, to, to, to Mr. Mike. Uh, well, having lost that, that one as a pick, <laughs> How does it feel, I'm, I'm going to stay in the, same, in the same genre, though, and um, look at Houston with 12 and a half against san francisco with because well san francisco is going to have have trey lance a quarterback Mm, i don't think they're going to pull away from the texans um in this battle of rookie quarterbacks but san francisco do need to keep winning obviously they do yeah yeah, that that's a risk. But you look at you look at Houston last week. They were they were pretty impressive defensively, and I, and I think they can do the same thing again. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I'm just saying 12 and a half is a pretty good spread. I obviously 14 and a half is better. It is, yeah, which is too. why I liked I liked Atlanta. <laughs> which is why I liked Atlanta. 12, 12 and a half is one of those numbers that looks great, but it's not. You know, it, it's actually not that great um because of the way the way the scoring system works with six points for a touchdown and seven and seven for a converted touchdown so but i'll I'll still go with that one uh, since i've been gambling more with my picks than i would than i am with my gambling (laughs) speaking of which iron mike running in in win canton on on boxing day i had it 10 to 3 and finished fourth um in the classic race, iron mike behavior which was yeah which was very d- disappointing yeah. i did see actually yeah well obviously I, I i sent it to you um over twitter to say you should back it but um yeah it didn't do great i was yeah, laughing I, I backed iron mike once before and he did he did the exact same thing he's oh. kind of a a fourth place finisher <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we go, uh, a quick reminder to please do gamble responsibly this week and, of course, every single weekend. Um, also, uh, a reminder that uh, there is a brand new Racing Only Better. I know over Christmas, it can be like, where's Wade in? Where's Racing Only Better? Where's the Football Only Better? Uh, football Only Better it will return. Um, I, I think they're doing a show within the next week anyway, so do keep an eye out. But I know that Racing Only Better are doing one on New Year's Eve. Um, and I know that Wade In is back on Monday um, for those of you who listen to those shows. So the, the shows are returning, uh, but we obviously keep going through Christmas because we're such a, such a great team, just, just an all-around bunch of guys. And that gives us a great opportunity to wish all our listeners a happy new year. We are, of course, on episode 64, I believe, of the show. That's right, 64 episodes of the show. Um, and I suppose looking back on 2021, one of the, the big things that we didn't get to do was to do a show in studio with the three of us. We've been remote, which we do hope to fix for next season, but unlikely to fix this season. And 
the big hope would also to be a live show in front of all of you, the listeners in London or in Dublin. Uh, we'll, we'll make a call and decision on that, uh, hopefully next season. But again, that, that was due to happen this year. It didn't happen due to COVID. But hopefully next season or in 2022, at some stage, we'll all get to sit in a room with you guys and to do some questions and have a more interactive show. Um, but a happy new year to all listeners. And I'm sure both of you extend that, guys, don't you? Yeah, why not? So. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Ow. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I might for, just person, have... for personal and family reasons. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. year. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I might just edit that whole bit out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just end, the show just ends. <laughs> and that's it uh, for the last show of 2021. Thank you so much to John Baff for joining us periodically. And thank you to <laughs> my girls for matching to stay with us for the whole show. Uh, have a wonderful New Year's Eve. And thanks for He's like one of those satellites going around the earth it only comes in it only comes into your you know your dish range <laughs> periodically uh, we'll speak to you on wednesday about the last week of the regular season before we hit the playoffs it's coming into the main time of the season for nfl it's gonna be very exciting don't miss an episode of nfl it'll be better every single wednesday speak to you next week bye for now